Welcome to the Boy Thrive Podcast, where we're passionate about empowering boys and men. With insights and practical advice from experts and real-life stories from men who have overcome challenges, we're creating a supportive and inclusive community that helps boys and men thrive in all areas of their lives. Introducing your host, Opando Maureen, who is passionate about nurturing a future generation of all-rounded responsible fathers, husbands, leaders, brothers, and uncles who are secure about their role in society and encourage both genders to thrive. The Boy Thrive podcast will be available twice a month, so be sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes. And now let's tune in to today's show. Welcome back to Boy Thrive Podcast. We are with Julia Kat, our parenting coach. Uh, the very reason why we are with her today is because we want to talk about um, the transitioning of, teen, uh, of your children, especially boys, into uh, adolescence. And this is a very confusing moment. It is a very critical moment that uh, they need all the support they can get. So today we're talking with Julia and we hope that this conversation will be really, really helpful to a parent and the boys out there. Welcome Julia to our show. Thank you so much. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Maureen. Let's get right into it. Ah, so the young people uh, to move in transitioning into adolescence. Um, it, it, it is usually very hard for young people. I'm, I'm trying to also put the parents in the picture, like how, what do you do during this process as a parent? Yes. Yeah, it's a transition period, right, from uh, being a kid into teenager phase because mm -hmm. the hormones are really playing crazy, mm -hmm. right? I'm not a doctor or something, but what I know is that specifically boys are getting more aggressive. Mm -hmm. They're starting to shout more. Mm -hmm. They're starting to, to actually really um, test the boundaries, you know? Mm -hmm. of themselves, how they are capable, they, they're trying to know themselves, actually. And that's a very difficult stage because they don't even know themselves what's going on. Mm -hmm. They have immediate outbursts of kind of anger, frustration. They might not even be happy anymore, they're depressed, and they're finding their identity not inside the family, normally outside the family, mm -hmm. like in tribes. That's why we've got so so many, when you notice that, specifically starting to grow up like gangs, right? So it's like gangs, and that creates safety for them. That creates identity for them. They have a sense of belonging with their thinking in a gang. And here, it's really fragile. If this gang is a bit more violent, is not on the right track, shall we say, then your kid, your boy can transition very easily into the wrong path as well. So here, what is so important, how they have been raised up, what, which values. They might deviate a bit and test and come back. But the important thing is that we as parents are really there having an open ear and creating a safe environment at home as well. Mm -hmm. They need to feel that. Whatever happens and anything can happen. We know that anything can happen. They might want to steal something from the, I don't know, from the shop because it's adrenaline. They want to test if they can do it or not. Yeah. Basic stuff. It's not dangerous, maybe even. Yeah? Or they might go into a fight with different gangs because they want to, as boys, they want to show off because that's in their nature. It comes 
really from our ancestors, right? It's like the man is protecting and fighting. So that's what they want. It's natural. It's coming from out, from, from inside their hormones. And this is where we are getting a lot of tension at home because we don't understand our boys anymore. And what we miss as parents is the following, that we are still seeing them as our little boys, you know, these little babies, you know, that we can say anything to them, but they are growing up. They have ideas, they have suggestions, they have their own uh, view of things. And for us, it's very important to listen, to not agree, you don't need to agree, but to accept them, and show them and give them some advice as well, like a mentor. Mm. Because let's face it, we have more experience than them. It's great if we tell our stories, but not in a way where the kid is not listening. Because I know what happened always at our household. My husband was always saying, you know, at your age, I did X, Y, Z by that, you know. Mm -hmm. That's not working with kids. No. At your age, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No. It's not about you anymore as a parent. It's about them. And if you want to tell a story, you shall shape it in a way that the kid has got open ears because that's what we want. They want We want them to listen to us, but they don't because it's always the same story. If mom opens her mouth, then she will be again angry with me. If dad opens his mouth, then he will be again dictating anything to me. So they don't even listen. It comes in and out. But to capture the, or the, the ears is different, say, acknowledging first what they're going through, creating that safe environment, asking open questions genuinely, allow space, allow silence, allow pause. They don't need to respond to all the questions or all the curious curiosity we have. Mm -hmm. Leave them as well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we need to give them direction and borders. Mm -hmm. because they can easily break out and do something which is not so good for their future. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that either. So it's really fragile, really fragile for us as parents, because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't know how to react, but also for the boys, because the boys don't know themselves anymore. Mm -hmm. And they are in such a huge surge of identity that it's getting difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to get back to values. What is important for them in their lives? Even a 13, 14 year old can tell you that. Mm. And you can even tell them what is important for our family. Mm. And then you can even do a value exercise all together at the dinner table. What's important for you? What's important for you? Oh, interesting. We don't need to judge. We don't need to make a comment. We don't need to, and we just share and we leave it there. Yes. And we can even say, hey, you know what, boy, let's agree on a value, on a common value for our family. What about that? And he might say yes or no. If no, okay, then believe it, it's fine. Or the, the boy or could get, get into, and then there is a value out there for the family that the boy can resonate with as well. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're in doubt, get back your, get your values out. That's what I'm always saying. Mm -hmm. And then once this is done, what is the area where he's strong at? Mm -hmm. He needs to know that. And he can start doing that with you as parents. Mm -hmm. You can ask him, oh, you can draw, you can record, you can do whatever. But what do you like to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's what's in it for you? What's uh, Where do you think you do very well? 
Yeah. And sometimes it's like games at the moment, yeah, video games. Mm. That's what the boy is in, you know, normally. Or maybe sports or maybe nothing. And you can say, okay, fair enough. You know, yeah, but that's, that's also a question. That's also an answer. I heard that a lot. And I say, okay, what do you like to do the most? Mm, X, Y, Z. Okay. So what skills do you use to do that? Well, you need to be, yeah, you need to think about the other. And, you know, I think I've got the feeling that we like, we, we are in a team. So something comes out. Team is important for the boy. Blah is important for the boy. Try to create a personal map for him, not you, but themselves. So they know what they're capable of, what is important for them in life. What are their anchors? Their real anchors. They actually, uh, you know, um, what shall I say? Um, they really anchors that they like to cling in, but for, for example, team collaboration, for example, friends, for example, something else. So there is a model that can be used. It's really creative. Mm-hmm. And we shall not leave our boys completely out. They might numbing out. They might not communicate with you anymore. If this is the case, try to find a way to communicate because we really need to know with whom they're hanging out. You don't need to be a detective. Don't do this. Don't follow them. That's even worse, you know, but try to be there with open questions. And that's what I can say because it's a fragile and for everyone is unique. There is no one size fits all. It's not a user manual where we open the PC and we install software because it's always the same. No. A human body is complex. Mm-hmm. You know, this This also brings about, uh, we, we chatted about it sometime back where we said that children are just for you to um, to order around or rather to, you, to use your own formula until they reach a certain age. And now we are here at the stage where now you are... Your commander-in-chief kind of approach does not work. <laughs> now, That's correct. Now here what works is um, a mentor kind of approach that works. And we acknowledge also and realize that during this period is the period that they experience a lot of peer pressure. For example, they go out and somebody has a watch that they do not have in their own home. They, somebody else have a video game that this other one doesn't have. And they come and they feel like, oh, they need to fit in and it always wreaks havoc in them. And when you speak about values, I think these are things that if you just wait to start at, start at them at the age where now you are you are no longer commander in chief, it will not it will not help you so much. You need to start with them a little bit earlier when they're still listening, when they still have that capacity of saying yes, sir, yes, madam. Then you you know you can have access to them. But if you wait, actually. Transitioning a, a, a teenage into adolescent is something that starts from the very beginning when you give back to them because you instill the values. Oh, yeah. You instill the values. You instill the, the discipline. So you put at, at those foundational time is the time you can put everything in order so that by the time now they get to teenage, they are already aware of what your values are. They know uh, this is what is expected in my home and this is not. So when they go out there, they face their uh, their, their uh, peer pressures. Then you as a parent now can come in support because they already know. You know, they, they say... They know, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, they know, but they get confused. Mm. But you see, at they least... They get influenced. Yeah, but at least they have something, a foundation to start to from. No, they say, absolutely. There's a law that says that your understanding or your wisdom only comes to the level to which you know something. 
So if it did not exist in the very first, um, you know, at the very beginning, then there is nothing, there is no growth, there is no wisdom that's going to come out of it because there is no knowledge to cover this wisdom. So when the pressure comes and you have this foundation and these values already, there is a good chance that you are going to navigate this process a little bit easier. What happens, for example, if you are if a child has been brought to your place, you know, things happen. Sometimes they were with the parents, the parent pass on or has to travel somewhere. And now here is a boy who's becoming a teenage and you need to now support them during the, um, the teenage period and the peer pressure. Now, where do you start? Yeah. Well, where do you start? I mean, again, it's really with the values you're right. It starts, mm-hmm. you know, what how we live our family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they are copying us, right? So this is what we talked about. They're really copying us and following us. Mm-hmm. But they get really confused after one. There's a lot of things happening now at the moment as well, you know, with with identity issues, gender identification and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we are getting the people, the young people are getting influenced by social media. So where we need to chip in is always making sure we know a bit like in helicopter or in eagle what's going on in the heads of our kids because they're still fragile, they're still kids. So they're in the middle of growing up, acting like an adult. We even have higher expectation as parents on them because they're growing up. And we always say, yeah, because you're now 15, you need to do X, Y, Z and blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, they need to prove themselves at school uh, for girlfriends. They have also, you know, self-care issues. They might think they're not handsome anymore. (laughs) They might have, you know, yeah, but that's it. They have pimples and everything goes astray. They have self-confidence issues then. And this is where it starts, self-confidence issues. That's why the personal map is really important, to know who you are. And do a selfie in the morning, for example, helps them as well to say, how do I feel today? Am I good? Embrace yourself. Always show them you're good as you are and love them unconditionally. As parents, that's the best we can do. Like like animals who or our pets, sorry, not animals, pets, <laughs> yeah. whom we are having at home, and they love us unconditionally. Yeah. Because what we always put as parents on the kids is, if you do X, Y, Z, then I will be proud of you. Oh. You need to be proud of this person already because he is your boy. Mm. That's even much more important for boys mm. because they are always in the search of self-actualization and also proving themselves to the outer world and inner world and to themselves. Mm. And in themselves, there might be lots of hurricanes happening, Mm. emotions, and they can't even regulate their emotions. So to do that, parents can give them breathing techniques, which is easy to do. Mm. Boys might not buy into that, but (laughs) if you do that, yeah, I know, because they're like, this is woo-woo stuff and spirituality and what's this, mom, are you kidding me? You know, but the more you insist on it and you do it with them, they might be doing it reluctantly, but it will help them as well to regulate their emotions Mm. because our our brain is really creating so much hormones at that age of, you know, adolescence. They can't cope with all this ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they might feel that they are losers. 
They might feel that they don't succeed to anything. Uh, they might feel, hey, you know what? They don't accept me in this clique, but I want to be part of it. As you are telling, you know, they are rich people and not everyone is equally, you know, equipped with money, with household and everything else. So you compare yourself and then you want to have the same. And that's bad. That's not good because life is not fair. That's what I'm telling everyone. Life <laughs> is not fair. Mm. No one promised you when you came on earth, mm. right? Mm. That life is fair. Yeah. You are growing up in the household you are in. You can carve out your own future and destiny. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But life is not fair. And for some, it's easier for some not. Mm. But that's again, relative because it's not really objectives. It's subjective. Yeah. Why it's not objective? Because even the, shall we say, the rich people have got lots of mental issues because yeah. they might have too much. Yeah. So it's always good to have a balance. So the best thing that we can give our boys when they're growing up is be there for them, show them unconditional love, give them hugs from time to time. They even might not like it. But I always ask my son, give me a hug and mommy needs a hug now. Okay. And they love that. Yeah. I mean, really. And he's like, okay, mommy, yeah, let's, let's give a hug. I even do that now. He's 26 years old. Yeah. No, that's fine. You know, mommy needs a hug now. So that's it. Mommy needs that. Okay. And then they feel good. And this human touch is very important, you know? I mean, even if we don't believe in that, mm. even boys need that. There's mm-hmm. still boys and they are in the middle of, you know, being our little kid, our little boy, but hey, I'm the man of the house now. You know what? I'm growing up, mom. You can't tell me anything. You know, I know, I know. And they know everything. You know, they know everything. And you don't know anything. It's always like that. But it's okay. It's fine. We accept. No, you don't know anything, but you're the one who brought them to the world. <laughs> exactly. But you know nothing, you know? <laughs> now, when we get to the teenage level, um, there's always the communication challenge. Because... um. Sometimes they are not as forthcoming as they used to be. They keep to themselves. And the only place that they're more happier to like just be open and tell everything and anything is within the clique, as you said, probably a gang or, or a group of friends. So out there, not within the house. In the house, you'd, they'll answer with one sentence. They'll answer like that is like they're wasting time talking too much. So as a parent, what are the strategies that kind of uh, to op- uh, you know foster an open and probably an effective communication with these teenage boys? <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to to really fish out all the words from our mm. teenagers, right? Yeah, because it's not so easy. <laughs> Some are more communicative than others, I must say. Yeah. But the best thing is just having um, an open conversation. Mm. And what does this mean? Open questions. And that means because why don't they open up their voice? That's an interesting thing. Because they might feel they're judged. They might feel we have, again, something against what they're going to say. Because they, they're they not always doing good stuff at work, at school, right? And in the gang. So they don't, they will not share. Why will they not share? They don't want to hurt us, right? So that's why they're hiding. It's better to hide, not say anything, rather than lying, for example. <laughs> so they have their reasons. Yeah, I mean, they could lie as well. Everything can happen, you know? So we don't know. The only thing that you can have is asking these open questions oh not like how was school today the question would be like yeah good mom why do you ask the same you know same thing <laughs> oh what did you like the most today nothing really 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing really. Oh, great. So, mm. so what about your friends? What did you do, for example, around blah, blah? How did that went? Tell me a bit more. And Tell me like, a bit more. Mama, you don't know more. my friends. Why do you want to know about my friends? You don't know them. <laughs> That's it. That's what it helps. Yeah. No, I don't need to know them, my darling. I just, you know, I want to, I want just want to share, you know, how your day went. My day, for example, was XYZ. So I just want you to know, you know, how your how your day was. Mm. You can share from you, from yourself. You share as well your failures. Mm-hmm. because you don't do always good. You know, oh boy, you know what happened today? Oh, my Lord. You know, I did this X, Y, Z mistake, and I didn't know what to do. What would you have done, you know, in my situation? Mm-hmm. Get them into your world then. Yeah. Invite them into your world. Mm-hmm. And let's see what their reaction is. And they might suddenly, because it's not about them, you know? Yeah, then- <laughs> oh, mom, yeah, yeah. Did you really feel sad about this? Yes. Oh, God, you know, I feel so useless. Mm. For example, you don't need to be always a strong parent. You have emotions. You have doubts. Share it with them as well. They are now at an age where they can understand. And they might even give you strategies. You never know. And the more open you are Mm -hmm. in sharing your own day, what went bad, what was good, what where did you struggle, and ask them for help. You know what? The whole ball game changes. Now that is really, really a change because most of the time parents want to come out as really strong as having it all figured out. But the truth is, maybe you were laid off work. Maybe some 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 deal didn't go through. Maybe somebody yelled at you at work. You know, you always have those bad days as well. So they're just changing of focus and letting them know that they actually can have a suggestion is such a game changer. Yeah, yeah, no, it helps. It helps. It opens because they feel suddenly valued. They say, oh, mom is, uh, yeah, no, because mom is asking my advice. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're like, oh, God, you know, and I ask my son lots of stuff, for example, as well in my in my work, you know, when I need to come up with a title mm. uh, for something, mm. and I'm like, how can you know what? I am doing this workshop, but I struggle to find a title. I thought about this. I thought about that. And he's brainstorming with me. Mm -hmm. He comes up and he said, you know, just brainstorm, come later. He he comes 15 minutes later and says, you know, mom, I thought about this. What do you think? Nice one. Good. Get them in your world. Yeah. Let them feel you don't know Anything they know more, and they will even tell you more about their days as well, where they feel bad. Or if you can see something, you can say, oh, dear boy, I noticed something, and mommy's feelings are always right. Mm. You have a very bad face. What happened today? Mm. And he might say, well, mom, I don't want to share. That's fine. Whenever you're ready, I'm here for you, my boy. No problem at all. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not judging. There will be no suggestions. I'm just going to listen to you. Give them that reassurance as well that when you see something is not right, Mm -hmm. not forcing them to tell you because Mm -hmm. it will be a lie afterwards, but give them that space where they can digest first themselves and then are ready to share. Because sometimes you're not ready to share immediately when there is a question or a suggestion Mm -hmm. or a request to share. Right? So we need to give them that space as well. I think that's so the better. 
uh, that would also raise someone who is more confident about himself and uh, is able to actually open up when they are ready because when when you when you put it when you put the communication just not centered focused on them all the time then you give them the room to actually share when they are ready not when you want it because then when it's when when you want it uh, it it becomes a problem now because they're like yes exactly i don't want exactly to Correct. And if they're not ready, you can suggest them, dear, I, I notice and my intuition tells me you're having a hard time at the moment. Mm. You know, hard time. You know, mommy is always here for you. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm always here for you. Give me a hug. I'll give you a big hug, you know. <laughs> and then if you really don't want to share, you know, good thing is to journal, write down stuff mm. or shout out stuff, but don't let it in yourself. Yeah. Give them some suggestions in that, but you don't force them to share. Yeah. Now, there's another issue that uh, parents uh, worry about so much when it comes to teenagers academically. You realize that at this time, uh, at this time, the academic uh, performance, it's either declining or not as it used to be. And uh, some parents that are, are at a loss like, now what do we do about this situation? Uh, so what tips can you probably share to help parents support their son's education and probably encourage their academic success? Yeah, that's the, that's a huge challenge because the teenager is supposed to to fit into, into the society and curriculum of school. Mm. At the same time, his focus goes more on his body, mm. on his emotions. And at the same time, it's so critical to perform because it's impacting the future. So my five cent humble suggestion is we need to change the education system. That completely. It doesn't fit. It does not fit. At the moment, it's so old-fashioned, so old-traditional. It does not fit. Mm-hmm. People and humans don't learn like this anymore. Forget yeah. it. But okay. Since the, we can't change that, as a parent, mm-hmm. don't give them love if they perform. Give them love all the time. Because yeah. this is what we do. We punish them. Mm-hmm. We're getting mad at them when they don't have A's or B's or whatever great system you have in which country, you know? We do that. I did the same. Yeah. At some point, you can't force. Some students are better than others. That's fine. Then their interest might lie in something else. They look, they're still young. They have the whole future in front of them. If it doesn't work out this time and they're not interested, we can't force them. What we can do, only offer, suggest, hey, I notice, you know, what these grades, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. What is your opinion? What can you do in your own power to improve? How do you feel about these? What would you like to have instead? What would be an ideal situation for you? You know, asking these coaching questions a bit to understand better where the kid is. And sometimes it doesn't work out with academia and they drop out of school, but then they pick up later. They might be lazy at home. I don't know, but we need to give them a structure at work at home as well. You know, I, that, that happens. That happens. That the first thing is they're not going to sleep in if it's not weekend, right? Yeah. And that's important. Give a structure for, for, for students or for young people who are dropping out of school because that happens during teenager ages mm. a lot. Mm. They don't want to go. They're rebellion. They give a shit. What the heck? And blah. And uh, you name it. Yeah. Mm. So we need to give as much support as possible 
mm-hmm. trying to understand where they're coming from. Maybe we as parents have expectations on them because we did not perform or we did not have the opportunity to go to university and become a doctor and you expect the same from your son but the son doesn't want to become a doctor (laughs) i don't want to be a doctor that's you who wants to be a doctor Mm, I was thinking about that and i was like is it uh, the most the most reason why we get mad at as parents because kids don't do what is it because they don't really perform is or be, is it because we have put our failures on them that they carry and and win on them because we did not get it so we want them to get it if you didn't get it my dear why do you want your child to get it i mean they borrowed your dna most likely they're not going to do it <laughs> <laughs> The DNA is coming from you, right? Yeah, and you didn't. So why are you putting too much pressure? You reduce your expectations for us. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You know what, Maureen? And I, but I, and I did shoot a short video about that. You know, oh. hey, parents, don't do this, right? It's on my YouTube channel. Don't do this. Don't put your expectation on the kid. The kid does not want to be there. She wants to be an artist. He wants to be on the farm and having cows. I don't know. You know? Oh, the other person wants to be a footballer. The other one wants to do, I don't know, just uh, just uh, playing what? Esports or something. I don't know. Uh, so that's very important. Uh, so we need to assess ourselves to say, hey, is it my expectation? Mm-hmm. Is it is it what I didn't do that I'm yeah. expecting from my boy? Mm-hmm. Don't put that pressure. You know what? Anyways, as it is, they're already so pressured about how they look, how the other girls are not looking at them nicely, how the the pim acne and pimple is messing them up. Adding more <laughs> academic pressures will just do worse than help in this situation. Oh yeah. So I think absolutely, is, mm-hmm. absolutely. The thing is, is to just stay off at at least just give an advice from a point of I if this is useful for you you can take it but if it's not you can use your own I mean they're as intelligent as they come uh, they they don't actually I've come out of this believing that kids come as blank canvas they don't come actually as a blank canvas because who tells a two year old that you can pinch somebody and when they cry they laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Again, <laughs> if you really believe they came as a blank canvas, where did they get that one from? And you haven't taught them anything like that yet. <laughs> yeah, correct, correct. They have their character when they're growing up, right? You know. <laughs> and this, there's this issue of bullying, especially in adolescence. And uh, you know, bullying can happen both at home and at school and any other space. And um, most parents don't give the kids the support they need in terms of this because they're like, oh, you man up, you'll, you know, try, you know, give it, just do something. That something is not defined on what it is that we should do. So how can parents help their boys to deal with bullying situation effectively and to also help them build resilience and be able to stand up for themselves? Because at the end of the day, bullying is one thing that has really led to a lot of suicide in teenagers. Absolutely. It's important that they talk. They shall talk it out, either writing down as a journal or their emotions and also raise that with um, with the school, because I'm sure this, this bullying is happening all the time, you know, everywhere. Uh, if something like that happens, again, if the child feels safe at home, they will open up. 
Yeah. If they feel like something is not good and you have got that intuition, you can tell them, give them a blank sheet. Of, hey, my dear, you know what? Write it down and then it gets out of your chest. Mm. And st- if you, because bullying is really bad, it also happens at workplace. Mm. Having a firm conversation helps all the time, mm. but how they're going to master that is another thing, mm. you know? Mm. And there are lots of techniques which I think we shall maybe leave for the next time mm. because we really need to go into how the child or the boy mm. can can manage and regulate uh, and master bullying in a skillful way mm-hmm. because it's not uh, it's not easy, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for that reason, <laughs> um, the, the last one I would probably ask about is um, the fact the substance abuse, it also comes during this period. Right. And um, most of them don't know even what these things are until they go out there and they acknowledge that, okay, this is this. And they're told, you know, if you're really a boy or if you're really 15, now you should try this. And if they don't, they're like, uh, you, are a, you know, you are a wimp or you are this and that. How can we address this knowing that this can happen anywhere? So you mean uh, which abuse like um, drugs or something maybe, maybe like that? Cigarettes? No, it starts with the small, small things like yeah, that. yeah, it's small. With, uh, yeah, it starts. It starts with the small stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they find it cool because this is how my son started smoking. You know, he found it cool. He wanted to be part of the clique of the gang, mm-hmm. so he started smoking and still continues smoking. Although smoking is bad, we know that. Yeah. But they're getting very influenced. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I don't smoke at all. He smokes. Mm. So we can't do more again on that, mm. you know? I mean, they will be getting influenced. What you can always say mm. at home is, dear, you will be influenced. You might be influenced. People might say you're 50, you need to do X, Y, Z. You don't need to do anything if you don't want to. Yeah, You have got the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. And because you choose not to smoke, you are not less or more worth than anyone else. Yeah. You're valuable. You even have character and you know what you want. So that's why it's so important that we have a personal map mm-hmm. created already. Okay, values fine from the start, but you know, if the guy, if the if the boy knows knows what they're worth it, mm-hmm. then they will not buy in into all these kind of invitations yeah. which are not good for health, mm-hmm. for mental health and for themselves. Okay. I think parents are in, in, in summary is that a parents you can only do so much. You you are, your part is yeah. mostly stewardship and you know giving them information beforehand so that by the time they're getting into it, they are aware that my mom or my dad told me this and this and this. So if I do this, it's my choice and choices have consequences. Right? Yes, exactly. And give them trust. If yeah. they feel you have trust in them, it's yeah. much easier for them as well. Okay, our last one usually comes from you. (laughs) Well, you know, dear parents, again, we mentioned a lot, but what I would invite you to, whatever you do, whatever you say to your kids, first assess yourself. Is that something that you expected from yourself and you put pressure on the kids? Or is it really helping them, supporting your kids? Mm-hmm. first assess yourself it all starts with you thank you very much julia and that yeah. is our end for today access yourself see that what you're telling your child is actually for them and not for you thank you for listening to the boy thrive podcast 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about stepping up for boys and men. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions on the topics we discussed. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Boy Thrive Podcast. Don't forget to hit the follow button to stay up to date with our latest episodes and updates. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode and you'll be the first to know when new content drops. Thank you again for listening to the Boy Thrive Podcast. We appreciate your support and can't wait to connect with you on social media. Oh, 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 o